what do you call the one pager that you give to your team? Uh, it's called thoughts on leadership, and awesome. uh, and I'm very transparent with it. And uh, it, you know, it's got uh, things that I've uh, learned over the course of my career. It defines me, so there's no questions, right? So when I change jobs, one of the first things I do is I give that to my direct reports, and I tell them to share it with their direct reports. Hey there, this is Ben. Thanks for tuning in to Lead the Team. Before we jump in, we just broke into the top 2% of all podcasts globally, and that's largely due to the support of listeners just like you. I invite you to subscribe so you're notified when we release a new episode and also leave a quick review. Welcome back to Lead the Team with number one best-selling author and in-demand corporate trainer, Ben Fanning. On this podcast, the world's most innovative senior leaders share their top success strategies to motivate your direct reports, cultivate your top leaders, and accelerate your career. Let's get started. Here's Ben. Hey there, Lead the Team Nation. Welcome back for another fantastic, fun, and engaging episode with Dan Key, who is COO of Selenus. And he leads procurement, operations, and supply chain over at that specific organization. And he's also served as a senior leader who's improved key metrics and end-to-end supply chains at companies that you've probably heard of, Honeywell, which is also one of my alma maters, Sigma Aldrich, Exalta Coding Systems, Dense Supply, Serona, et cetera, because there's 10 companies here. He's got, if you look at his resume on LinkedIn, it's incredible the organizations where he's led. We're going to dump, uh, jump into that today. But let me tell you just a little bit more about Salinas. In case you're not familiar, they're the leading global producer of specialty chemicals focused on delivering sustainable solutions for water-intensive industries. And these technologies are used by customers to improve operational efficiencies, enhance product quality, protect plant assets, minimize environmental impact, and maintain healthy water, all critical things. And by the way, they have 49 manufacturing facilities strategically located around the globe. Danke, welcome to Lead the Team. Hey, Ben. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Thanks so much for the invitation. All right. And by the way, I forgot to mention your three successful daughters. So before <laughs> we jump into this, let's talk a little bit about work-life balance and family and whatnot, because it comes up time and time again, high flyers like yourself. Uh, I mean, today I'm in Charleston, you're traveling, you're out in San Francisco, and you were leading some training out there for up rising leaders. I mean, you've got a lot of different stuff going on here. How do you, like, what's your leadership mindset around work-life balance? Well, I, uh, Ben, I, I have a leadership, uh, thoughts on leadership page, one pager that I give to all my teams, uh, hmm. and all my direct reports okay. that outlines who I am and what I am. And uh, one of them, the actually number two, specifically says, uh, you know, you have to take family first. You have to be there for your family. You have to take care of your health. Uh, that has to come first. Now, how does that manifest itself in, in running global operations, global companies, things like that is yeah. uh, you're, you're on flights that you wouldn't normally like to be on. You're on that red eye flight that gets you back in time so you can be there for your daughter's play or your daughter's uh, sporting event. Um and uh, you're you're flying out on Sunday night to Europe, uh, which a lot of people do anyway. But you're coming back on Thursday night, so you could be there for Friday. Um, you know, it's <laughs> it's managing. Yes. 
you know, it's managing your, your schedule so that, mm. so that you're there. Now I will say today is a lot easier than it was uh, when my kids were growing up. Uh, my daughters are 31 and twins that are 29 um, because you have, uh, you, know, you know, teams and Skype and, you know, uh, zoom and, and it's a lot easier to communicate with you, with your family today mm. than it was back then. But Look, my two of my daughters played uh, soccer for quite a few years. Uh, I missed a few games that were in the middle of the week when they were in high school. Uh, that was a little harder, but I made all the rest of their games and I uh, helped coach them uh, during this time. And, you know, you just got to it, – it's hard, but you have to make the priority. Uh, you got to schedule time, just like you and I schedule time for – uh, work right. Uh, we we put it on the calendar. We block that time, and and, and it's really critical. You block that time when it's uh, uh, when it's for your family. So but I'm always there for the the example yeah. starts at the top, and it's so frustrating when you're working in an organization and your leader's telling you to do X Y Z, but they're not doing X Y Z. What patient when it comes to work life balance, uh, and it, it's like well. They're telling me I should prioritize my my personal life and get the do the red eye and get back and all that. But I see my leader staying there for weeks all the time. And it makes such a big difference when the leader is modeling that yeah. for the rest of the company. But it sounds like you're even going beyond that because you have this one pager. What what do you call the one pager that you give to your team? Uh it's called thoughts on leadership. And uh, and I'm very transparent with it. And, uh, it, you know, it's got uh, things that I've learned over the course of my career. Uh, I have to give credit to my dad. He started it. Um, I've expanded yeah. it significantly over, you know, 35 years being out of school. Um, hmm. And uh, but I do give it I actually gave it to uh, the leadership class. I was just at this week. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm willing to share with uh, anybody. It's nothing. It's nothing special. It's just, you know, it, it defines me. So there's no questions. Right. So when I change jobs, one of the first things I do is I give that to my direct reports and I tell them to share it with their direct reports. And, and there's nothing wow. there's nothing in there that is, uh, uh, you know, a secret. Uh, if somebody were to ask mm -hmm. me, I'd give them that answer. And uh, so but like I said, the, the first one, the first one's controversial, uh, Ben. The first one says leaders are born, not made. Uh, so we can discuss that later. But um, all right. the second well, one, right, well, the second one. Oh, well, this is getting good. <laughs> all right. So I want to get into leaders not are born, not made, which is the flip-flop right. of what everybody says. All right. But leaders listening today, this, Dan, I mean, this is, don't let this idea just, just for like out of your mind now. Make a note. What is your leadership doctrine for yourself, even if it's only a paragraph or two or three bullets, and share it because it's going to help spread your message more positively with your team. It's going to help you remember what you're doing when you're leading. And the best part, and I bet you've probably had a team. Have you ever had a team member remind you, uh, Dan, Absolutely. Um, what you're doing doesn't <laughs> seem congruent with that thing you sent out and, and kind of remind uh -huh. you about it? A hundred percent, Ben, a hundred percent. I I have hmm. many times had people call me out on it uh, and remind me, Hey, this is not uh, per your credo. Right. And, yes. and uh, so that's, uh, that's important though. That that's, you know, as a, as a senior leader or any leader, right. When you, when you have a new boss or like myself, when I change and I go to a new, new company, uh, understanding the do's and don'ts, the boundaries, where can I, you know, where can I push, where can I push? Most of the time we have to guess, right? Or we have to feel our way out. And, and, and that doesn't help conversations, right? Because yes. I might be able to push much further with my boss, 
than than I think. Um, but on a specific situation, if I don't, because I'm unaware that I can push further, I, I think that just uh, makes the conversation uh, not as meaningful. Mm. So by doing by doing that now, I've, I've said, hey, look, if you if you want to make a have a great conversation with me, here are the things you should you should be prepped for, right? So. Or interview with you for a promotion, right? If they, That's if, if you're inter- y'all, if you're interview, if you're one of these forty nine facilities out there, and you got an interview with Dan coming up, you need to make sure you read this document a couple of times. And some leaders might hesitate and say, "Well, that doesn't sound very good to get caught up on my own team, up my own document, on my own leadership style." And I would say that's the best case scenario because that means they're reading it, they're digesting it, and you're creating the leadership culture that you want to create from this. That means you're being effective with your communication. Um, and man, congrats. Now, now you said your dad started. Very well, good. Another, yeah. So, so I'm sorry. Yeah. One more thing, Ben. Sorry. Uh, by being transparent like that, if, if I'm so transparent about myself personally that way, mm-hmm. I'm going to be transparent about everything else. So when I come across a tough subject and I have to be transparent about it or deliver a message, the team already knows that they're getting the full story. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be, uh, I'd be my authentic self. So I'm not trying to hide something from them. And, and so there, what helps is when they need to ask questions or they need advice, or whatever, they know they're going to, they can ask. Cause I, I don't have any secrets. Though, so. Man. So I'll, I'm also pointing out here for leaders. Dan's talking about probably you have many tools at your disposal, but you're talking about one tool that's, that you're using that's generating so many things, generating trust through transparency, generating connection. It's helping establish the culture. It's helping hold you accountable to your own leadership aspirations and ideal deals. So it's a really powerful thing for people to be thinking about. Now, um, you said your dad had started this. What, what was your dad about in this whole thing? and, And how did you get it in your hands? So my dad, uh, he, he, you know, had grown up through manufacturing and, uh, he'd been in the auto industry and and several other companies, Mm -hmm. but at a point over his career, he started jotting down these notes, um, uh, that he, he, he actually termed the phrase thoughts on leadership. Um, some of which, like I said, I've, I've modified into today's world. That's a little different today than it was when, uh, when he first started thinking about it, but I, I remember remember today and, and still have it hanging in my office. He gave me a plaque at my 18th birthday that had it that he had inscribed all of his thoughts on leadership, um, and I still have that. Uh, and I, I hang it in my wow. office so people can see it. Uh, but what I've done, like I said, as I've I've tweaked it, I've modified it over the course of you know uh, 30 plus years to uh, almost 40 years now uh, to. Uh, to improve on it and and add a few things and clarify a few things, but the premise of the items he put originally on there still are still listed on my thoughts on leadership. So wow. uh, because I felt like they they were just really you know <laughs> great advice. So what a cool story! What a cool story! Yeah. Uh, and to have that generational, I mean, it's like is is Lee are some of the best leadership ideas aren't the newest trendy things. They were the things that have stood the test of time. And do we really think that the things that have been working over hundreds of years, you know, they leadership or success, there, there's an expression that success leaves clues. And it's so mm-hmm. nice to have that distilled in a way that you can build on. Um, Correct. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so cool. Um, I got to ask you when you were at Honeywell, I remember how to do the, how to, how to do the trifold. Did you have, do you have the trifold <laughs> oh, document, <yes>. the one pager? <laughs> yeah. 
the okay. standard work. Yeah. Standard, yeah, standard work. work. Yeah. Yep. So yes. I had Josh Ensign, uh, who, what he was at Honeywell when I was there also. And, uh, he went and became the head of ops over at, at Tesla. And he took, okay. he took the idea of the trifle, which is like a standard yeah. operating procedure where you're basically, it's like a super duper supercharged to do list. And he's taken it to different companies since then. So anyway, that that's another it's, kind of document, a, a little bit more operational than leadership, but. Well, it's actually, it's a great leadership tool as well, because uh, the the one cre- critical thing about the trifle, the standard operating work, uh, you know, what am I going to do today? What do I need to do this week? That was what the trifle was. So one, mm-hmm. one portion of the paper was, Hey, here are the, here are the five things I have to do today. I have to make sure. And and typically those five things are the same things every day. And then the middle section was, what do I have to do this week? Again, those are things that you, ha- you know, that you have to do each week. And then you add to it, right? During, during the week, things change and you add to it. Mm-hmm. And then the third was month was monthly. And then of course, on the other side, there was other things uh, for leadership work, but no, that standard work is, is very, very uh, important. Uh, to leaders because look, we get engrossed every day with firefighting and, and sometimes we forget that those first five things that we're supposed to do every day, walk the floor. If you're a plant manager, right? Walk the floor, uh, say hello to everybody. Right. I mean, you just, sometimes you forget those things because you know, you're you're already getting phone calls from a customer or whatever. Right. So it's a great reminder, which by the way, is part of leadership is that you dedicate that time to go out and you do the things that you're supposed to do. Uh, it sounds repetitive, but it's the repetitive part of our jobs that helps people feel secure every day. Right. Mm. And that's leadership, right? So that's good. leadership is, Hey, you know, Dan's walking around, mm. he's saying hello to everybody. Uh, things, you know, behind the scenes, you know, maybe crisis everywhere, but you know, people get calm, uh, become calm. The one time you miss, well, where's Dan, right? You know, so, so yeah. it, 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 standard work is a fantastic tool. Mm. And as a cumulative effect, it may not, you may not see the difference on one day, but it's the hundredth time you do it. We're like, wow, this is making a big impact and you, and you see it emerge. So exactly. anyway, there are so, 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 so thematically for leaders and really, even if you're not leading a team yet, but you're leading a project, having a way to distill what you're thinking and communicate it effectively and also remind yourself operationally all all great things for us to be thinking about from this interview. So uh, but let's let's jump into a few other things here Dan. So your expression leaders are born <laughs> not made. So let's uh let's dive in. Sure, sure. You know, I think there's like six traits to a leader. Uh, and if you kind of go through some of those traits, some of them can be enhanced. Uh, some of them can be honed. Uh, a couple of them can be taught. Uh, so for for one, great leaders are great communicators. Uh, I, I don't know that that's necessarily uh, wired into your DNA. Uh, that I think you can be taught. Uh, people learn faster than others. Uh you know, I, I'm a big fan of people uh, going out and learning as leaders, learning how to do public speaking, because if you can go out and do public speaking, you can hold a town hall, right? Or vice versa. So I'm a I'm big fan of that. So I think in certain cases of the, and I, I, I think there's six traits, but, you know, communication is one of them. And I think that's one that can be fixed, honed, improved upon, and, and in some cases probably learned. But one, one of the most inherent ones is that I think is wired in is, uh, you can't be a leader if you don't have followers. Uh, if people aren't willing to follow you, 
not because you told them to, but because they're willing to, they're mm. willing to go that extra mile for you. That's an, that's inherent in, in my opinion, in your DNA. And that's what you're born with. Um, uh, there are numerous examples that we don't need to get into that are good, both good and bad where people blindly followed other people. Ah, okay. And, yep. It goes both and, ways. And, and, and yeah. And it wasn't because, uh, the person, you know, uh, it, it was just the way they were wired, the way they did things, the way they communicated. And I, I don't know that you can teach that innate, um, characteristic, uh, to where people will be willing to follow you no matter what. Um, you know, you can okay. take the military out of it because you, you know, you're giving orders and things like that. But, but, you know, for someone, um, you know, so for instance, uh, pick a sports team, right. Uh, it, to get someone to be the leader of a sports team does not necessarily mean you coach them does not necessarily mean it's the most athletic person. It's somebody that when you're in the huddle and you can look people in the eye and you can say, Hey, look, we have to do this together. Mm-hmm. That that's uh, t- to me, that's intestinal fortitude. That's in, innate in your, your, your wiring, your DNA. I mean, I was not the most athletic. I was certainly not the best on the team, uh, but I could get the team to rally around, you know, the, mm-hmm. uh, a flag, if you want to call it a flag or light, I use the term lighthouse rally around a vision and really go after what we were trying to, you know, achieve. Um, so I, I think that's, why I say born, not made is I don't know that you could teach that. Can you improve upon that? If you have it, can you make it better? Sure. But I don't know that you can teach somebody to step up in, you know, times of crisis, for instance, and and actually lead. I, I think that's just something inherent. Want to boost your productivity and decision making? Get vital insights from each episode delivered directly to your inbox. A great resource, whether you've listened to the episode or not. Go to benfanning.com slash insight. And so with that philosophy in tow, it probably really shapes your hiring process for your teams and what you're looking for, because you're looking for, you're actually looking at this person and say, Hey, can I make them a leader? You're saying where, where's the evidence? Where are the markers of the leader in their past? And then hiring for that. Yeah. So I think as you go through your career, you, you kind of go through individual contributor, supervisor, manager. Um, those are things I think that can be taught, right? How to be a supervisor, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if you have a Honeywell operating system, standard work, you know, things like that. It helps. There are great tools. It helps, right? Yeah. So you could teach somebody to do that. I think you could teach somebody to be, manage money and, you know, priorities and things like that. Uh, but to get them to be a leader, so I'm, di- I'm very purposely distinguishing leaders versus mm-hmm. managing and supervising because I think a lot of people get them confused. Uh, I do look for leaders. I look for people that uh, can rally people, rally their teams around a you know a single uh, you know lighthouse or flag. That's the lighthouse. Everyone, you got, yeah. Yes, yes. So that's the word that you've really honed in on uh, for your yes. leadership. When, it, when you're communicating the, the lighthouse idea uh, uh, to your team, how does it go? So the lighthouse is, hey, it's out in front of us and we're in a sailboat. And, uh, you know, we can see it. Uh, we can only see parts of it. Uh, we're not exactly sure how we're going to get there, uh, but we're in a sailboat. Mm-hmm. And some days the wind's with us, you know, and so things are going great and we're sailing and we're, you know, we're doing 15 knots and everything's good, right? 
Uh, some days the wind's against us. So now we got to go tack. We got to go left. We got to go to the right. We got to go left. We got to go right. But we're still making progress toward the lighthouse. Then there's some days there's no wind. Um, when there's no wind, we got to get the paddles out. And we got to work together as a team to paddle the boat toward the lighthouse. But all all along, you can see the lighthouse. And every every day, every week, every year, we're getting closer and closer to that lighthouse. And, mm-hmm. and so that's the vision that I try to... Uh, to help our teams with, uh, especially as you said, I I I, I, uh, I, I move companies quite frequently uh, to help companies get better. And so, like at my current company of Salinas, I've been here just a little year, but our lighthouse was set about eight months ago. This is where we need to be in three years. And so now, when we make decisions every day, we know what we need to do. And again, mm-hmm. is the wind with us? Is it against us? Is there no wind? And so every day we, depending on what the wind is doing, you know, we have to do something different with the boat. I, I believe that is a really cool metaphor for, for leaders listening today to be thinking about, because when you talk about the vision, uh, that's important that leaders think about it, they create it and they communicate it. But a lot of times they need a metaphor to help really explain what this is about. And I love that because the, like you say, the a lighthouse there's a light, but you can't always see the outline of it. It may be a little hazy. It may be early <laughs> on. So I think explaining it, hey, it's more like a lighthouse, sort of a beacon, but it's not always clear. Okay. And things change on that. And understand how the external uh, environment impacts progress. And for teams to acknowledge that and kind of understand where you and your team are. Is this a paddle day or is this the wind that are back day? And if it's a wind that are back day, you might change your leadership approach. You might say, Hey, let's get out of work early today and uh, go have a little happy hour or versus today. It's like, Hey y'all in two weeks, I could really use some help on a Saturday morning. Uh, we don't like to work on the weekends all the time, but maybe this is the time we got to do that. Uh, and so really right. able to communicate that. Now you mentioned 10 companies. So did you just, I'm curious, are you, are you, do you think about this as, Hey, there's an opportunity I'm needed. That's where I go. Or do you sort of see yourself as, there's this certain sweet spot in my career where my leadership and my joy as a leader really comes into play. And I'm looking for people or looking for organizations in that specific part of the journey or uh, how are you thinking about it? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's interesting. Every time I've joined a company, I've always thought that I'll just stay there, you know, to the end. Right. Uh, that's kind of the, the old school of me. Right. Uh, but things don't work out that way. Uh, things change. Um, uh, for different reasons. Uh, one example is Sigma Aldridge, a uh, great company. Uh, it was a brand new role as chief supply chain officer, uh, but we got acquired. And so I became a synergy. So, um, you know, so <laughs> I became was, uh, a synergy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I became a synergy, <laughs> which is great. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, at, at Hexion, uh, I was there for seven years and I helped start Hexion Special Chemicals, a uh, private equity owned company. Uh, but I was uh, responsible for the operations supply chain for three business units. Uh, we sold two of them. So uh, partly because we were successful in fixing them and, and making them more profitable, partly because it was the right timing to sell them. So I kind of worked myself out of a job. Um, so, so different things cause the, you know, the change. Uh, but when I make a change, then the most important thing is looking for that opportunity uh, where, my skill set, uh, my background, and and the things I like to do, which I obviously I I, I think I know what that is, match with with the with the role. So mm-hmm. you know, uh, recruiter, recruiters call me all the time. 
and they bring different roles and some of them are really, really great roles. And could I see myself doing it? Certainly, but would it be challenging enough uh, for, for what I like to do, which is helping companies get more successful in between sales and SG and a, um, mm-hmm. it, it probably, it, it isn't right. I've, I've, I've said no to recruiters on some really big jobs with some really great companies just because, uh, it was more maintained, not go in and, and transform. So uh, you, so, but again, okay, great. You, so what I'm hearing is, is like, Ben, I didn't necessarily go in with, this is the role that I'm going to play in companies, but I discovered it along the way that I'm really good at this part of it and in this area. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I've learned that I, I enjoy fixing things and mm-hmm. and improving on things and transforming things. So I've, I've learned that I love it. And and I tell people when I mentor them that one of the things from a career standpoint is I always said, yes, if somebody came to me and said, hey, I, I need you, I need someone to go over here and fix this. I always mm-hmm. said yes, even if I didn't know what I was fixing, <laughs> uh, and and I had to go over there and I had to you know dig into it and figure out what was what was you know what was wrong and how to fix it and um and, and it kind of started very early in my career. Um, actually, when I became a shift supervisor at at, at Dupont, but um so so I'm looking for things that I can have a, the biggest impact. Um, but the roles typically are at least the last four. Uh, were brand new to the company, uh, mm-hmm. and the company recognized they needed they needed some, you know, some synergy. They needed some centralization, and and you know, that was things that tools that I could bring to to the table to help transform the companies and help them become better, more profitable. So, you talk about being a participative leader. Mm-hmm. What exactly does that mean? Yeah. So, uh, look, I, I'm. I don't have all the right answers. Um, I, it, my my hit ratio wouldn't even get me, you know, a multi million dollar contract with a base with a poor baseball team. <laughs> um, so, look, participative is getting all ideas out on the table. Um, mm. I think that's extremely important. Uh, what are all the different ideas that everybody has, and then how do we, uh, you know, go through and see well, really what are the pros and cons? I mean, I'm, I'm a big believer in sitting down with every single idea and saying, here are the benefits, uh, here are the, the risks if we go down there uh, and take that decision. And then at the end of the day, it becomes a group decision because everybody had a chance to, to uh, weigh in and, and find the best solution. So I, th- I think we, we were kind of kidding early on as, as I'm not a big fan of accolades. I don't want to take the credit. I take the blame, but I don't want to take the credit. So I don't care whose idea it is. Uh, mm-hmm. What I care about is do we make things better for whoever has to do that operation or whoever, whichever company we're working for, as long as we're making it better, who cares where the idea came from? So that's, you know, that's, that's one of many ways of participation, uh, being participative is getting, just getting everybody's ideas and saying, Hey, let's pick the right one because, you know, I'm, I'm not, (laughs) my hit ratio is very low. What are three success strategies that you'd recommend for every employee? Um, so depending on where you are in the organization, you know, first off is, uh, I think number one, you have to take ownership for your own career. And, uh, you know, some people are fine with, uh, you know, coming in and, and basically doing, you know, roughly the same job. I won't say exactly the same job because that's not fair, but cause it changes every day, but 
uh, look, you have to take ownership for your own career, whether, you know, you're going into a managerial role, you're, you want to be the leader of something, you, you got to take ownership. Um, the second is, is like I said, is, is the yes mentality is, mm. uh, I, I can't tell you how many people I've mentored, uh, or I've seen in my career who have been scared, right. Uh, to take that next step. Uh, if it, if I hadn't done some of the things I'd done in my career and said yes to those things when I was asked, uh, I certainly wouldn't be here talking with you then <laughs> and, and, and talking about, uh, leadership styles and, and, uh, how to lead teams and stuff. I, I would not have been as successful as, uh, as I think I've been. Um, and then the third is, is really, um, around, uh, courage. Um, mm. I, I, there are so many things that don't go well during the day, uh, at work or even at home. Uh, and having the courage to step up and say, uh, here's what's wrong. Now you may not have the answer. It's okay. But Hey, look, we've got an issue here. Let's, let's, you know, take plant floor. I've got a safety issue here. Every single employee on the floor knows about it. Well, if somebody doesn't have the courage to tell plant management, it's not going to get fixed. Wow. Uh, yeah. And, and, hmm. and I, I think having courage is really, really tough is can you, uh, tell your boss, now, to be fair, bosses don't make it easy sometimes, but uh, can you tell your boss we've got an issue and, and hey, let's work together, being participative again to, to fix the problem. Um, I, I think there's just a lot of people who um, are afraid uh, to, to bring forward their ideas and their thoughts because, you know, could have been because of something happened in the past, could have been, um, I don't know if the boss will take it, uh, whatever reason, but I think the courage is a is a really important uh quality and and i i look for that when i interview people is are, are you courageous mm. so so good and good reminder for everybody and some really good things to put in your leadership one pager on what leadership is when you when you communicate <laughs> that out dan it's been such a great interview today and a lot of fun what's your parting thought for our listeners my parting thought is, is look, I, I think you can have work life balance and I think you can be successful at work. Uh, sometimes we just get bogged down in the day to day details and we don't take one step back and mm. heard a great phrase this week, you know, hit the pause button, take, take time to hit the pause button and evaluate where you're at, evaluate what's going on and make sure that you're doing the right thing. Most of the companies we work for were, in the business of doing what they're doing long before we got there as employees, they'll be there long after we leave. Uh, and, uh, I can honestly say in all my changes, none of them have stopped being successful. Uh, they were somewhat successful before I got there. Hopefully I made them a little more successful. They continue to be successful. And, and you know, I, I had a small impact in a very large, long time frame. So just take pause that, you know, uh, things will be okay. Things will be better and mm. uh you know play your role so wise counsel leaders <laughs> hit the pause button after this episode take a few minutes not during the episode after this episode and reflect <laughs> on this really insightful interview with mr dan key thanks dan ben thank you very much appreciate it everybody have a great day if you're an executive at a crossroads in your career and thinking about quitting do this before you do anything else Head over to benfanning.com slash quit to receive a free signed copy of my number one best-selling book, The Quit Alternative, The Blueprint for Creating the Job You Love Without Quitting. You'll learn the critical questions you must answer before you make such an impactful decision. 
Go to benfanning.com slash quit to get this valuable resource for just the cost of shipping. Ben Fanning is a number one best-selling author, Inc. Magazine columnist, and CEO of the Fanning Group, an international consultancy and corporate training company. To learn how they can help your organization, go to benfanning.com.